Good morning, friends. Good morning to you. Good evening to me. For some reason, I was thinking of a friend of mine who lives in Australia in the, an area called the Blue Mountains, west of, of Sydney, Australia. It's a beautiful area. These large uh, forests of eucalyptus trees and uh, canyons and cliffs. And it's quite a unique um, geography there. It's, it's uh, one of the places that is declared a world heritage site because it's so unique in the diversity of the biology and the plants and animals. They don't occur anywhere else. And my friend is. Um, He's a, a kind of naturalist and researcher just because he's interested in things, not because he, he's not paid to do it and he doesn't work for a, a university or something like that. He just is very interested in everything in the natural world. And I like to go walking with him because he, he's very... Um, kind of intimately acquainted and with everything, at least in that part of the world, but he's traveled and he's studied all over the world. And, and so if I have a question about any plant or animal or tree or anything, he knows what it is and everything about it. <laughs> and he's the world's leading authority on a particular kind of uh, giant dragonfly. Do you know the, the word, do you have dragonflies in Finland? No. I think it's Soren, Sorenkorenta, probably. Sorenkorenta. The ones he studies, their wings are big. <laughs> They're very big. And they live in these uh, swampy areas in the place where he lives, in the Blue Mountains. And no one before him had ever really paid much attention to them or studied them, it seems. Maybe some of the, the native people. But he's written many, he's had many articles published and he's done lots and lots of research. And he has this, um, so he's just done this on his own because he's so interested in the world around him. He just has this kind of curiosity. And he has a lot of, so he has a lot of love of of nature and he has a lot of patience. I think people who do that kind of research, they, they have a lot of patience. They know how to sit really quietly and observe things and wait for, wait to learn. They learn at a different pace than we often do when we want the instant answers, when I just look it up on the computer or something and have someone tell us give us information. He, he likes to learn by observing things very slowly and carefully. So he spent years and years just studying these dragonflies. Learning all about their habits and how they live and how they, how they, how they relate to their environment. 
the scientist Albert Einstein once said of himself, talking about himself, he said, I have no special talent. I am only passionately curious. Just very curious about the world and how things work, you could say. So I'm, I'm talking about these things just because they came into my mind, but also because there's something about that attitude of, of interest and curiosity and the patience and the slower pace of things and willing to wait and see and observe over time, to take the time to really observe things. That's, I think, a very, very good attitude to bring into our meditation practice. I've mentioned the place where I teach a lot and I've practiced a lot called the Insight Meditation Society. And it was started in 1976. And shortly after the, the people who started it were living there and starting to get it, get it going, they bought an old uh, place that had been a, a Catholic kind of training center and um, had different roles, but it had a lot of facilities that worked. But they, they got a piece of mail once, uh, a letter came, it was addressed to the Instant Meditation Society. <laughs> and I, I guess we'd all kind of like instant, <laughs> instant meditation <laughs> where we could just get, get it all figured out very quickly. But this isn't instant meditation, unfortunately. <laughs> I was also, for some reason, reminded of a quotation that I've, I've read a lot over the years. I don't know, it hasn't, I haven't thought of it in a while, a few years. Some of you might have heard me say it maybe at some point. But for some reason, I was thinking of it. It's, it's a quotation from a Catholic priest who was born in Holland in the Netherlands and lived a lot of his life in Canada. I think he, he ended his life in Canada. And he said this once, the spiritual life is a life in which we wait, actively present to the moment, trusting that new things will happen to us, new things that are far beyond our own imagination, fantasy, or prediction. This indeed is a very radical stance toward life in a world preoccupied with control. So he was a very, he was another person, I've read a little bit about him, and he was very, he had a lot of wide ranging interests in psychology and philosophy. And he was a very spiritual man, he was a, worked as a priest. He did a lot of service and uh, helping people in need and wrote a lot of books.
And so he, he was coming from a very different tradition, but, and I don't know if he did any meditation uh, like we're doing. He probably did his own kind of meditative practice, it seems like. But that, that quotation I just read really seems like a, a beautiful description of our practice. This description of active presence is kind of the mindfulness has that feeling of active presence where we're present to our life, but there's this not active in that we're manipulating or working on it, but we have this, um, it's sort of like the, the way I think of this kind of intimacy where we're, we want to get very close to it and, and learn about it. So it's kind of like we're doing a field work, exploring our own mind and body and heart, if you will. And we use this research tool of mindfulness, of awareness to do that. Exploring our life. And we get information about our life, about who and what we are, through contact at the senses. That's how we know things. Everything we know comes through contact at either the eyes and things we see, the ears and things we hear, the body and things we sense and feel, sensations in the body the nose and smells, the mouth and tongue and tastes, what we think of as the five physical senses. And then in this practice, we, we talk about six senses. And we say the mind is another place of sensing sensitivity. The doorways, sometimes they're called sense doors. And the mind is another one of them. And so the mind is where things like thoughts and emotions and mind states and moods and all of the different images that come in the mind, mental activity, all the things that arise so only in the mind don't come to us through the physical senses. Well, that's, that's everything we can know. And we're so sensitive when you think about it, constantly touched by life through these senses. And in meditation, we, because there's so much uh, coming at us, there's so many contacts over and over, we simplify things a bit. We tend to close the eyes and there may be um, mental images into images in the mind, but we, we tend to, have the eyes be closed or a soft gaze, so we're not getting quite so much information through the eyes. And usually when we're meditating, there might be some smells that come, but that's more limited and we're not eating, tastes might arise, but, but it's a little simpler than when we're busy doing things. So we mainly notice sensations in the body, sounds, and then everything that happens in our mind, those are the main 
main context, the main objects that arise in our experience, you could say. It's still an awful lot going on, isn't it? Let's, if you're not already meditating, let's begin to meditate. And I may speak a bit more, offer some more reflections after we sit together. Go ahead and adjust your posture if you wish. Finding posture that has this combination of sort of an upright, alert sense in the body, not too stiff, but the sense of kind of dignified, upright posture that's also equally relaxed, kind of combining those two. And as I've done yesterday and, and before, if you wish, you can kind of run the attention gently through the body to invite some ease into any places where there's some tension. And making any subtle adjustments that feel good to you. Perhaps lengthening the neck a bit. I often like to start, one of the things I like to do is to lift my shoulders up and move them to the back and let them fall back down. Settling into the meditation posture that suits you now. Sitting in a chair, sitting on a cushion on the floor, kneeling perhaps on a meditation bench, or some of you might prefer to stand or lie down. All good postures for practice. Check in with your experience now. Maybe look and see if there's any mood in your mind. Um, not looking too hard, but maybe you might notice a little bit of a mood of some kind. quiet mood or a, a little bit sad or melancholy or a subtle kind of contentment or ease that might be there, calm. Maybe the mood is a calm feeling. Maybe you don't notice anything in particular, that's fine. But just checking and seeing. Maybe you feel a little grumpy because you didn't really want to get up this morning. Maybe there's interest and curiosity wondering what it'll be like to meditate this morning. What will happen? What will 
what you'll notice. Let the awareness rest gently within the body and the simplicity of just knowing the body sitting, standing, reclining. If you've chosen something as a kind of a point of reference, I used the image yesterday of this image of as though you're placing a, a stick, you're pushing it down into the mud in a stream so that you have something you can kind of refer to in the flowing of the stream. Not something rigid or tight, but just a place that, like a, a gentle anchoring for your attention, a place you can begin, a place you can come back to when you get lost and then mindfulness returns. It could be the sensations of the body sitting, or perhaps the hands touching. It could be the experience of hearing, sounds that arise and the spaces between sounds. Or it might be the sensations of the breath entering and leaving the body. And it's good to pick something that feels be neutral or even slightly pleasant, something that you don't mind resting the attention there. For many people, the breath is good this way, but for some people, it's not so good. There's the breath doesn't come easily or there may be some respiratory problems or it feels tight or, or it feels like you're controlling it in some way. It might be better to choose something else. And many of you are very experienced and you have your own way of settling into meditation. Perhaps your gentle anchor is the quality of awareness itself. settling back into the awareness, letting objects just arise and pass.
And so we can use this gentle anchoring, this point of reference to allow the attention to stabilize and, and calm a little bit. So we, we're not holding on to it or trying to force the attention to stay there. But it's a place we can refer to and rest, rest the awareness. It's like that description I read where we, we wait, actively present, and then we see what, what arises. So something might take the attention we're aware of the sensations of the breath, the light touching at the nostrils, or the hands resting together, one on either leg, or the experience of sounds arising and passing. And then something else comes and takes our attention, a different sensation in the body, another sound, We become aware of thinking. And that's what we're, that's the object of the meditation. We can stay there and see what happens. And if it goes away or something else calls our attention, then that's the object. So it's what's the strongest or predominant in each moment, then that's the object of awareness. Sensations in the body. Sounds. Thoughts and images in the mind. They just come and go like a stream, maybe it feels like that. Seeing if we can have a, an attitude of curiosity or interest and also a, an attitude of welcome, kind of tender care, because this is our life. So we can have the attitude, let me take care of my life by being present for it. Because this breath right now, this sensation right now, it's never been here before, and it will never be here again. We can welcome it with tender care. And with the attitude that we'll begin again every time we need to do that, every time we wake up having been lost in thoughts, 
carried away by plan or a memory or some train of thinking. And the mindfulness arises. We notice our thinking. And we return to the practice in a simple, easy way.
the last few minutes of this period of meditation, start to let go of anything that feels like something you're trying to do. Anything you're focusing on or anything that feels like practicing or doing or working. Let that go. It's not that you push something away, just not doing anything. Not working at anything or trying to meditate. Or trying to see something or anything like that. So it's kind of shifting from something that feels like something you're doing to simply being. What's it like just to be? Just to be here, just as you are, with nothing you have to do or work out or fix or Try to see nothing, nowhere you have to go or no one you have to be. Nothing you have to get or get rid of. Nothing to hold on to, nothing to let go of. No meditation, no one who's trying to meditate.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.